Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. From werewolves and monsters to the modern day slasher, horror fiction has captivated people since ancient Greece. But so many of the genre's most famous and terrifying stories were created, written, or developed by women whose names you might not have ever heard of. Until now. I'm Cher Martinetti, and this is a special spooky edition of Sci-Fi Wire Fangirl's Forgotten Women of Genre, titled Forgotten Women of Horror. Every day for the week of Halloween, we'll tell you the stories of just some of the women who helped make the horror sphere what it is today. In the early 20th century, most Americans had encountered the work of writer Nina Wilcox Putnam in some shape or form. Children read her children's novel, Sunny Bunny. Adults read one of her serial novels, or maybe her syndicated humor column, I and George. Moviegoers saw films based on her stories, such as The Price of Applause and Golden Harvest. When she died in 1962, she left behind over 1,000 articles, at least 500 short stories, 16 film adaptations, 12 novels, and a castle in Spain. But her most surprising legacy is her role in the original canon of horror films as the person who began to tell the story of Universal's The Mummy. Death, eternal punishment for anyone who opens this casket. In the name of Amun-Ra, the king of the gods. Good heavens, what a terrible curse. Well, let's see what's inside. Wait! In her 1930 autobiography, Laughing Through, Putnam claims, I was found in a rosebush at the back of Grandma Wilcox's garden at 46 York Square, New Haven, Connecticut, on November 28, 1884. Inez Coralie Wilcox was born to a Puerto Rican mother, Eleanor Sanchez Wilcox, and an American father, Marion Wilcox. The young Nina, as she was nicknamed, was homeschooled by her father, a professor of English at Yale. Wilcox's writing career started young, very young. She sold her first story to the New York Story Herald at the age of 11 for $5, which would be roughly 150 in today's money. But Wilcox considered other career paths before fully committing herself to writing. She moved to New York City and began working as a milliner on Fifth Avenue before going to work for G.P. Putnam & Sons as a manuscript reader and index maker. It was at Putnam & Sons that she met and later married Robert Faulkner Putnam, her first of four husbands, whose last name she kept throughout her life. As if hat-making and publishing weren't enough, the newly minted Mrs. Putnam also worked as an accountant, ultimately creating the first 1040 income tax form for the IRS in 1912. But her writing career soon became her main focus. Her first novel, In Search of Arcady, a romantic comedy about a Scottish earl falling in love with a traveling Romani vendor, was also published in 1912. The novel reflects Putnam's sly sense of humor and sensationalist approach to storytelling. One chapter's title promises that it, quote, is even more melodramatic than chapter 13, end quote. She wrote at least a novel a year for the next 11 years, 
spanning multiple genres and audiences. She also began writing regularly for newspapers and magazines. The Saturday Evening Post published many of her short stories and articles, including her account of being diagnosed with tuberculosis as a young woman and being given only two years to live. Written in the vernacular and humorous and tone, Putnam's account would fit in seamlessly in today's era of tell-all long-form confessionals. Her humor column, I and George, about the trials and travails of a fictitious couple written from the perspective of the wife, was wildly popular. It appeared in 400 newspapers across the United States during the 1920s. Her career in film writing began with her work on Graft, a 20-episode long film serial released in 1915. In an unusual move for the time, each chapter of the serial had a different author. Tragically, Graft is now considered lost, but Putnam's work soon became in demand in Hollywood. In Search of Arcady was adapted into a film starting Billy Rhodes in 1919, and three of her stories were also adapted into films, Two Weeks with Pay, The Beautiful Cheat, and Slaves of Beauty. She also wrote the screenplay for 1920's Democracy, the Vision Restored, a story of a financial magnate's internal family struggles. Kind of sounds like a precursor to succession. But the bulk of her work for Hollywood were the screen treatments that gave her a story by credit in 10 films. With her prolific and successful career, it's no wonder that when Universal was seeking a new story to add to its horrors, they reached out to Putnam. Dracula, Frankenstein, and The Mummy are the holy trinity of universal horror classics of the 1930s. And because Dracula and Frankenstein are based on novels, it's sometimes thought that The Mummy is based on the Arthur Conan Doyle short story, The Ring of Thoth. But that is incorrect. Producer Carl Lemley Jr. reached out to Putnam and Universal Story editor Richard Shaler to come up with a story for their new film but neither of them used Doyle's short as direct inspiration. Instead, the two began researching historical figures they could possibly use. They came across Count Alessandro di Calirostro, an Italian 18th century occultist popular in the courts of Europe. Well, until the French Revolution, anyway. The Inquisition sentenced him to death in 1791 for his attempts to create what they called an Egyptian Freemasonry organization in Rome but Pope Pius VI commuted his sentence to life imprisonment. While Cagliostro did die in prison, rumors that he had somehow escaped death and became immortal through his occult practices persisted for decades later. It was that very rumor that intrigued Putnam and Shaler. Their nine-page script treatment, Cagliostro, featured an immortal Cagliostro living in San Francisco who had survived through the centuries by injecting himself with the nitrates. As an internal universal document, this treatment has never been made available to the public. But it also supposedly featured Cagliostro as a mad scientist preying on beautiful young women who reminded him of his long-dead lover. That was the treatment that was given to screenwriter John L. Balderson. Balderson, who had covered the opening of King to Uncommon as a journalist, decided to marry the concept with the then-current trend for all things Egyptian. He relocated the story to North Africa, renamed Cagliostro to Imhotep, and turned the main character's quest of vengeance into a quest of lost love. 
Whether or not Putnam agreed with these changes is not known. But given her prolific output of screen treatments, and the fact that her only screenplay was based on someone else's story, it was likely that it was just par for the course in her experience. Nevertheless, without Putnam's vision of a horrifying, immortal Cagliostro, we would not have gotten the mummy. The mummy. Is it dead or alive? Human or inhuman? You'll know. You'll see. You'll feel the awful, creeping, crawling terror that stands your hair on end and brings a scream to your lips. Nothing on earth like the mummy. By 1942, according to her obituary in The Breeding Eagle, Putnam was estimated to have earned $1 million from her writing, over $16 million in today's money. While her output slowed as she grew older, it never stopped entirely. She left the United States for Mexico around 1946 and remained there until her death in 1962. And although she spent the last six years of her life largely bedridden, she reportedly wrote until the very end. Nowadays, much of Putnam's work is pretty hard to find, despite the amazing breadth of her output. But The Mummy Endures is a testament to her ubiquity in the early 20th century America, whether the monster is Cagliostro or Imhotep. Forgotten Moment of Horror is a production of Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls and was written by Claire McBride and narrated by Cher Martinetti and produced by Cher Martinetti. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sci-Fi Fangirls Pod and at Sci-Fi Fangirls. You can find this and so much more at Sci-Fi Fangirls.com. Be sure to subscribe to Forgotten Moment of Genre wherever you get your podcasts. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.